Hello and welcome to Arcade Couch. Best place to chill your friends get your game of goodness each and every Monday. My name is Ben Blunt. Joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be here, but just pointed. It's been a whole week since we've been able to talk about Square Enix cutting their company in half and being purchased by Embracer Group. Uh, looking forward to talking about that later in the episode. I'll see you, Karen Marchant. Hey, welcome to Arcade Couch, where the points don't matter and nobody ever wins. Oh. Oh. Game show Karen today, eh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, What's that from? Fuck. It's from um, uh, Whose Line Is That Anyway? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Have you been watching that or is that just... No, it just popped into my head. In. Just like you and Power Rangers and every fucking else thing that we <laughs> at the start of the episode <laughs> recently. So just jumped on the bandwagon, you know? Just uh, yeah, listen, to, <laughs> listen to Between the Cushions, you know? The prompt was trading cards. Trump. Secret, the secret word. <laughs> you of this mean week. you mean it's one one person spoke about trading cards, <laughs> while two other people acted like they actually cared. Hey, that's me. <laughs> I'm trying to share. <laughs> uh, today on the show, got tractor Yomi review for you in a moment. Uh, talk about, of course, the stuff Ash was teasing. Embracer Group buys a whole bunch of Square Enix uh, IP and developers. Uh, and then we've got some other stuff to discuss as well, including ga- uh, some games first. Jeff Keighley finally dropping, like, when that shit's going to happen. Um, AEW officially announcing the title of the game. No, we kind of knew it for two weeks ago. And uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, who we did cover this story like a year ago when he announced he was, like, doing a, a game. And now he's finally know what it is. So, interesting. Can I redo my opening? I just remembered. Excited to be here, Dylan, but not as excited as I am that we're going to be getting news about Skull and Bones very soon. Why? How would we get news? Where are we get news? Summer Game Fest? Because they put a they put out like a video the other day saying that more news about Skull and Bones yeah, is coming soon. That's cancelled. Skull and Bones? The expansion to the world-renowned Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Damn! Can't believe that game's coming out finally. <laughs> that is a world-renowned game. I don't know why you're memeing. It's a world-renowned game. Black Flag is a good game. Yeah, when did it come out? Like 20? It came out two generations ago. Two console generations ago. No, only It was one. on the 360 and the PS3. Yeah, but yes, it, la- it launched on the PS4. No, yeah. it launched. Yeah, but it was on the PS4. It was already on the other two. Yeah, by like two weeks. Exactly. It's a long two weeks. <laughs> so, Kieran, you'll finally be able to play as the boats in that game. God, not even a person. On- I'll be the boat. <laughs> I am the Holy boat. Holy shit. I, am I hope I'm built now. out of like some, some good wood. Like some solid wood. Like... You know, like mahogany. Why don't they make ships out of mahogany? You know what? Let's carry on. Let's wrap up. Tractor Yomi. Game uh, I know I've been looking forward to. I know Ash has been looking oh, forward sorry. to. Oh, so like very anticipated. Looked beautiful. Uh, much buzz. You did like a preview a couple of months yeah, back. Talked about it on here. Uh, talked about it. Said very exciting. Yep. Everybody should be looking forward to this game. Mm-hmm. Really excited to hear your thoughts on Trek Team. It was like it sounded like a shoe in for like a potential like indie game. It was game like of the year talk about indie style. game of the year. Like, yeah, Trek like it was already out there and ready to go. Like we it's were like, forget Ghost of Tsushima. We're ready. Yeah. We're ready for Trek Tiomi. Trek Tiomi is a big disappointment. <laughs> what? Uh, no way. Sorry to say. So, in case you don't know what this game is, uh, you've probably seen it. It showed up first time Devolver Digital's uh, E3 or non-E3 conference or whatever the fuck that thing's called. Um, 
It is a mostly side-scrolling action game, although there are times where the camera, like, gets behind you and you, like, sort of can move forward, like, 3D environment and stuff like that. Um, the It's a very stereotypical sort of samurai revenge plot line. Um, the main feature and, like, selling point and thing that stood out in the trailer from the moment we saw it, of course, is this very striking, beautiful, black-and-white uh, cinematic art style with um, mm. obvious inspiration to Akira Kurosawa. Um, and I mean, that's all over. The Kurosawa inspiration is everywhere from the, the way it looks to the way, um, uh, lighting's used to the way, um, the, the music, you know, just the, the general straight plot of it. I mean, all that's there. All of that's the best part of the game. It looks great. Like, and it's not afraid to have, like, play with the camera angles and get very cinematic at times. Uh, almost a detriment of gameplay. Or like sometimes where the camera's just sort of in an annoying position or like, you know, like makes like seeing what your character's doing is harder, but you're like, fuck, it looks cool though, sort of thing. Um, but the problem with this game that I had, or the biggest problem, is that it's just not fun to play and it's a video game. <laughs> like, huh, that seems like a problem. Yes. So the combat, um, which I had no problem with in the preview, and I think that's just a, a uh, you I didn't have the best part. <laughs> well, I just, no, it was just because I didn't fresh. play it as it long. Like, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah. And like, and in my mind, obviously, I'm like, this is fine. And then I guess you just assume that it'll be built upon as the game progresses or whatever. But no, like, it, you pretty much know what you're going to be doing for six hours, 30 minutes into this. Like, what you're doing 30 minutes into this is exactly the same thing you'll be doing over and over again for 60 minutes. The game sets you up. It tells you how to do a parry, one button, you know, counter. Tells you you press a button, you do a counter, counter attack. That's all you need to know. That's about it. Every now and then, though, the game will introduce another enemy, and you learn like a quick way to dispatch them. So, like, say they introduce a, an enemy with a spear or whatever, they're like, you know, roll into the spear, or you know, get it. Like enemies with bow and arrows, like time you roll, you roll under the arrow, strike them. Like that's it. So, other than that, normal enemies is just like counter attack, counter attack, counter attack. Every now and then, the game will give you special attacks, but none of them feel good enough or there's no need to ever really inflict them like there's no you don't really feel like there's any necessity or they don't take down enemies so much faster that there's a reason that you should be trying to do these way more convoluted and complicated like button inputs to do attacks when you can just counter attack counter attack um so and then another thing is like side scrolling action game it's very slow it's it sort of becomes very tedious um it's just it, the combat becomes a monotonous task to see the beautiful screens that are throughout the rest of the game. So it's not that combat's bad. Like it's fu- it's like it's just a thing. Like it exists, and I have no fun playing it. I'm I'm doing the combat to see what the next environment looks like. You know, I kind of wish I could just walk through the game. In fact, if anyone wants to play this game, I didn't say this in my review. I was but about to ask. If anyone wants to play this, just play it on the super easy difficulty, which I dropped. I played for like maybe five, ten minutes. It is piss easy on the, the easiest difficulty. You can like one shot everyone or whatever, and just go through the game like that and just speed run it. Honestly, that's probably would the it, funniest way to play. Would it be better if you don't want to play it just to watch it? Just Potentially. Else. I know, but you still have to watch people do the boring combat. <laughs> so, and they, if they're playing on a hard difficulty, it takes a bit longer, I guess. So, But, I mean, it's on Game Pass. But, it's 100% a great Game Pass game. But I don't think because it's a good Game Pass game some, suddenly means I should, like, up the score. You know, like... This. Yeah, no. That's what I've seen. It's free, so you, it should... It's it's better because it's free. No. No, that's not how it works. But, yeah, would you recommend... Is, is the story and the visuals worth... Paying? 
going through it are very easy. <laughs> I think if you have if you have Game Pass, I think it's I would encourage you to play it because you've got access to it without having to spend money. And I would say just play it on easy. Like for you, I would say just play it on easy. And I think you would enjoy it. I don't think the story's good. Not because it's like particularly bad. I just think it's very paint by numbers, which is totally what they're going for. But at the same time, I have no attachment to the characters or anything at all. Um, it's, mm. but I do think if you can access it or do want to spend the money, it is definitely one of the, from an artistic perspective, definitely one of the greatest art, des- art designs for a game this year. Like if, if this is at the end of the year, game of the year territory, it, if this shows up in like best, you know, art, direction or anything like that that's fine by me i'm i'm currently like totally on board with that yep. you know but it's just not a fun game to play it's um the, i had this game for so long like ahead of review and the fact that it took me so long to beat it because i wasn't enjoying playing it so it sort of says the most i feel because i was really looking forward to this and then i sat down for like my first like few hour session and then I came out at like playing past what I did in the preview period and like an extra hour and a half or whatever on top of that, an hour and hour and a half. And then I was just like not enjoying it at all. So, and I didn't really want to even come back and play it. Like I had no pull <laughs> like to make me come back and play it. I wasn't like, oh fuck, I can't wait to get home and play Trek to Yomi. I was like, I guess I better finish Trek to Yomi and like do that review. So yeah, it's, I can't <laughs> particularly recommend it. But if you have Game Pass, yeah, I just play it on easy. You get to see all the pretty things, the good environment. I mean, um, and the, the lighting again. I think the lighting is really good. Although, again, that I point this out more of you. At times, the bloom is like so high that like you'll if you come to like a bright fire or a bright like hanging light in a ceiling or something, your character will just sort of disappear because it's just letting out such a giant illumination. It's like sort of annoying, but um, looks great. <laughs> Fuck the fuck the gameplay. Uh, that's that's one game review that's gone up this week. Got a bunch of gear reviews. So firstly, I did a poster review for the Epos H3 Pro Hybrid headset. I gave it a nine and a half. So that's the highest headset I've given a, a headset. Ooh, ooh, I do think ooh. this is definitely one of the best headsets I've used. I think the thing's fantastic. Um, with the little asterisks on it being, it is like four hundred Australian dollars. So it's of a premium cost. And mm-hmm. for most people, this isn't um, a necessary purchase at all. Like, and I even point out in my final remarks here, wherever I say something, if you're going to buy this just for your PS5, you're going to the, you're going to overpay as there'll be more efficient options. Some from Epos themselves, including the H3 Hybrid, which is like half the cost with some less features, but totally unnecessary. Like, so the coolest thing about this one is it comes with I think I have it here. Yeah, I can kind of show you a video. It comes with this tiny little USB, which most of the other Epos headsets don't have. So you can plug that into your PS5. You got Bluetooth, um, you got a Bluetooth enabled headset there. It also has Bluetooth in it. So you can just hook it up to your computer if it has Bluetooth, laptop, phone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, via Bluetooth. It has a 3.5 millimeter cable. So you can plug it into your controller, anything like that. So it has a lot of versatility in that you can use it in literally everything. Um, it sounds really, really good. I, all of Epos headsets always do. Um, I think the mic has got quite good quality. I know I was playing Apex with Ash that one night while I was using it. Um, he said it sounds good, but he said it sounded good. I recorded like a test thing that I've uploaded in my review. I think it sounds good. Like, again, for a gaming headset, the mics are never going to sound 
like a pot like this you know like this. podcasting mic no it's not like um, there's like a thing yeah. but i think as far as like a gaming headset i think the mic sounds pretty good um and then you've got uh noise cancellation um active noise cancellation that you can f- sort of flick off off or on on the side as well um so that's again a, a high-end feature that some other headsets don't have um that's really good it does drain the battery life like to nearly half of what you're sort of going to be getting depending on if you're using bluetooth or wide or any of these sorts of things it feels great it looks really good the one i um i got offered like two colors to review um there's like a uh, i think it was the white one or i could go with this green one so i went with this like racing green color that i really Ooh, like that's very nice yeah so like it's like white black which are pretty you know normal boring and then i like this i really like this green and i like that it has like this gold tint on like the side around like the edges of some on some things and i'll show in the video so all of their recent headsets have this i think it's really cool so the mic part can just um i'm trying to do it while holding you can like sort of just flick that off the mic and if you don't want to use that or you just sort of game by yourself you can there's like a circular bit that you can put over that to cover the the hole so then it just looks like a headset so um i yeah again 400 bucks it is expensive it it feels great it looks great it sounds great i say yeah if you've got the money and you're someone who potentially would use it because that's my number one thing for this. I think if you're someone who has multiple devices, because I like tried it on everything, right? So I, in the same day, I'm playing some shit on PS5. I Bluetooth it to my Switch, um, pl- uh, Bluetooth it to Xbox, uh, plug Bluetooth it to PC. Uh, tried it, plugged it into it. You know, like if you've got heaps of devices and you want one headset that can safely do everything, then maybe it's then worth a bit more money because you don't have to buy a different mm. headset for different consoles and that sort of stuff. However, as again, as I said at the end of my review, if you've only got like one console, I feel like you could potentially save a bit of money and go for something else unless you really want some of those premium features, maybe the ANC or something like that. So um, that's good. Um, Epos is sort so, of having a good run of headsets. Is, the, is, this, is this going to be a go-to headset for you now? Or? Yeah, this is my main gaming headset now, I'd say. Nice. Very good. I feel that's going to be my one, so that's good. Um, I will, As much as I've just said it's very easy to unplug, like connect to multiple devices, I am just going to use a different one that's mainly for my Switch just solely because I have the multiple headsets lying around. I can't be fucked like desync and syncing stuff. <laughs> but I mean, if, you, if you're someone who just buys one headset, then it is a good, like, it's, it's like 10 seconds to obviously, but I'm, I'm of a point of privilege there where I've got sent enough uh, headsets that I can afford to have stuff connected to multiple devices. Um, then Jacob posted two gear reviews. Um, they're both from Mountain, which I had never heard of, to be completely honest. Um, he saw them in JB Hi-Fi um, and was like, they look cool. I want to review them. So, uh, reached out and got sent um, a keyboard and a mouse um, for a review. Uh, did them. So the mouse is called the Makalu 67. Um, yeah, Makalu 67, yeah. Uh, which he gave an 8. Um, uh, is a wide mouse. Uh, overall, he says he enjoys it and everything like that. Um, read his full review. But the one I would say that... It looks like it's very well ventilated. That yeah, it does have um. What the fuck's that design called? I forget what it's called. Like with it, it's got. It's the, like a mesh design. Yeah, like yeah, a yeah, honeycomb design. Yes, it's honeycomb, like yeah. it's the the common design at the moment for gaming mice to reduce yeah. the weight of yeah. the, the oh. mice itself. Yeah, all the esports players yeah. use this. It's very. It's, it's like an F one car, like trying yeah. to lose as much weight as possible. Yeah, 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 just trying to get within the FIA re- regulations and um, <coughs> get get an advantage without. You know, Inspector Cheating, Sebastian yeah. Vettel checking out the mouse. 
Um, but the keyboard that he got, uh, that he reviewed is the one that sort of stood out to me as the most interesting, which is the Mountain Everest Max keyboard. Um, this thing, I remember, like, cause he sent me a picture, um, over Discord or whatever when he got them. It was, and the thing that stood out to me straight away was, I was like, is that a fucking, like, customizable bunch of switches and buttons and whatever up the top? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, that's, it's like having a mini, like, sort of Steam Deck at the top of the keyboard. Cause you got all these hotkeys that you can change the pictures that appear in them. And like what apps they open and stuff. I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. You got, so it's got a whole bunch of customization features, um, RGB lighting. You can customize all of this in the software. Um, it got, I can't remember how many colors, like several different colors. Um, it's USB 3.2 and whatever else. So overall, I'd suggest reading his review though. Um, it sounds really, really good as far as key, uh, keyboard goes. Um, so it's very customizable. So. Very customizable um, and everything like that. And yeah, he gave that a 9.5. And um, that's his keyboard going forward. Like he, he really, really uh, loves that. So um, bunch of gear reviews. Headset, gaming headset, mouse, keyboard. Check all that. Links in the description, of course, or show notes and that sort of stuff. But check it all out and explain it. Let's jump into the news. Firstly, let's get an update on Activision. Woo! Um, Woo! Kotaku writes, Activision Blizzard is facing what feels like it's 8,583,000 lawsuit. This one's from New York City and alleges that longtime CEO Bobby Kotick raced to find a buyer for the mega publisher he has been leading for 30 years to explicitly avoid consequences for turning a blind eye to the claims of widespread instances of harassment at the company. Um, skip over the stuff we sort of know because we've covered enough on this report. Earlier this year, an Australian unprecedented deal, Microsoft script of thing. Yep, last September, uh, we'll just go from here. Last September, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission filed suit against the company, uh, though that was settled for US 18 million. In March, one unnamed woman sued the publisher, claiming she was retaliated against for reporting sexual harassment to its HR department. The company is also facing a down class action suit. This latest suit, which was filed by New York City's Employees Retirement System in Delaware Court late last month, essentially stipulates that Activision Blizzard opened up its books and proved that industry-shaking deal wasn't desired to provide cover for Kodak. In February, the the DEFH subpoenaed the Los Angeles Police Department for any potential criminal records for Kodak. As Access, who originally reported on this, uh, notes New York City has pushed Activision Blizzard for access, access to these documents for months. Uh, quote, with the merger, uh, announced merger, Kodak will be able to escape liability and accountability entirely and will instead continue to serve an executive after the merger closes, and quote, the plaintiff writes in the complaint. So, yeah, this is everything we sort of talked about, I guess, at the time, or like was a going sort of topic of discussion, like uh, has he sort of sold to just, you know, get a, uh, get our jail free card? And it's quite funny to me that it's gone from being a, like sort of people talking about on Twitter is like, damn it, he's going to get away to now being sued by New York City as a nah uh uh like <laughs> we we see what you're fucking doing over there so um I think this is quite good hey <laughs> I mean it's interesting like uh obviously it's like uh it's like an investment fund that's gone hey this seems shady it's like it looks like it's going to lose us money so we're going to take it to court because it- well this is the thing right to me this screams a competitor trying to use the good social justice aspect of this um, case 
as a smoke screen to affect the deal or get a crumb or do something with this. I don't see this as like a positive, hey, we're getting Bobby Kodak and we we're gonna we're gonna make him pay, we're gonna put him up on the stake and burn him. No, it just seems like Hey, this is just your average business thing. It does seem to be because it, it, it's it, fact finding and information finding. It just feels like they're this has just been a way they can use to get the information from the books, which I would not be surprised if this spawned into something else that was beyond the scope of just um kind of this this one suing. I, guess. I mean, you mm. could be right, but I I do feel like even if another company is gonna get success off this i would still love to see the like i'm gonna i'm gonna take the i'm not gonna time. begrudge uh new york city no, uh, employment's no. retirement no. fund of getting some money yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm certainly don't care if that's the uh the end goal if that's where the money's going and Kodak gets his sort of day in court because of it so that's fine by me yeah but uh it is an interesting trend that's currently happening because obviously netflix is currently being sued by an investment group as well for uh and overestimating their results like just very different group like kind of groups getting sued at the moment like AEW wrestling certainly getting a class action lawsuit against them um for not making their website accessible to uh people who are i believe it's uh for yeah blind users um, it's a, <laughs> which is a thing that happened to WWE previously as well. I uh, think it's just a, it's it's an American thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, just quickly mention it. I can't. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't know how much we'd have discussed. But um, right, oh, not right. Uh, TSM's CEO at the moment. There's massive story. Yes, um, that was I did was reading through that earlier today. There's some real big bad stuff, which yeah. is which is interesting considering when you look at things like. Uh, Myth, their biggest content leaving. creator that's been signed with TSM, yeah. leaving very recently, and you got the feeling from his leave yeah. that he wasn't leaving under good pretenses. Um, yeah, and yeah, as so, I found it super interesting. I was like reading a bunch about it because, as someone who used to be, you know, massive League of Legends fan, and TSM was my my team, I watched a but like I watched a lot of TSM uh, streamers. I watched uh, TSM back then, uh, the team. Had Would like have been a, like double lift. Yes, and, and they had um uh, they at one stage they had a, a a show like a reality show that was on um I don't know actually remember where it was like GameSpot or somewhere like was that. it was like Spike of, TV or something Spike it could have been something like that like it followed them through a LCS season and something like that but yeah I mean between there's like a bunch of stuff footage from um there was someone he made like he's uh, gone off with Dyrus who used to be their top laner um chaos uh who like quit the team or got fired i can't actually remember i think he got fired and it was really it was in that show the like the reality show but i mean look as someone who's yeah for a long time like read about andy being a like a horrible person like seeing it sort of come to where more people are saying that it's like yeah this is like sort of been a, a known thing for anyone who's like sort of followed tsm for a while so that's super interesting from a, a esport sort of angle and stuff there but yeah they've lost a bunch of talent and streamers and whatever else so interesting talking about AEW though Eurogamer writes former WWE developer Yukes announces AEW Fight Forever Yukes the Japanese developer behind two decades of popular WWE games has announced is returning to wrestling genre with a new project AEW Fight Forever there's no word yet on a release date of platforms 
beyond a vague promise of PC and consoles, but today's announcements and first look at development will likely be welcomed by fans who have missed Uke's work over the past few years. Uke's final WWE game was 2018's WWE 2K19, before publisher 2K Sports gave Uke's the boot and chose US Outfit Visual Concepts to take control of the series instead, with decidedly poor results, so much so that WWE 2K21 was cancelled altogether. We've known previously that Ukes was now working on an AEW game, though little else. Of course, it's somewhat ironic. Ukes will return to the genre with a rival series featuring WWE's uh, own big rival wrestling promotion. Uh, there's been Kieran, a bunch of rumors. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like unconfirmed stuff between overspending on the game, issues with Ukes and Kenny Omega. For some, I don't even know where that story came from. Because there was also another story that well, said... Well, because Kenny is the head of AEW games. Yeah, but like, so, there was also another yeah. story that was like, the relationship's great. Like, it's just, based on the, the, the footage that came out, the very little gameplay footage that was released recently, um, and the fact that they reckon this is coming out this year, how are you feeling about this game, Kieran? Uh, I haven't really felt good about this game since it was initially announced. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the art style that they have already displayed, um, coming out with, you know, and this is the, the company's first video game in terms of large scale console game. Um, there, I think they announced the roster's only 50 people. There's 50 people, yeah. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that means probably the women's division is probably going to be very light in this game all up. Um, just if you kind of bring you put into terms like the rest of their tag team division, their male division in general, I I find it interesting how they're going to get just minimize it to fifty, um, like just yeah fifty uh, people on the roster. I think AEW is in a weird spot because it's it's you know it seems feels to be like a eternal spot of change, especially very recently there's been. A number of AEW original wrestlers have been leaving the organization um, or being just subtly removed from their roster page. Um, and, you know, and new wrestlers coming in pretty much every couple of weeks. I'm... I don't, a couple of things. It's like the worst possible thing that could happen in this game was WWE 2K22 being amazing and being the best wrestling game in recent history. Which it was. So it kind of already puts it in a tough spot. They've already had to come out and said, hey, this is no 2K22 uh, Slayer or anything like that. This is just our own game. Um, I just hope it approaches it from a more, uh, I guess, passionate wrestling uh, viewpoint. And just, you know, is a good building block for whatever they decide to do with this in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'm keen either way. I, do, I definitely feel like based on what they've shown, I just don't feel like it's going to be ready for this year. I don't know why they... And I mean, to be fair, they haven't no. they haven't said that that's a rumour. So, um, like, they haven't gave, like, a date or whatever. But they still, well, I'm, I guess I have said they reckon it's still coming this year. But um, the... I don't... I know some people don't like the character models. I think the character models look all right, especially considering, like, there's still some polishing and whatever else. Like, it's... It's not like it's the final product. I just so. think the the art design reminds me too much of the uh, WWE All Star Brawl. Is that All Star Brawl? You reckon it does? I reckon it does. I think they're a little bit more of that character caricature type cartooniness. Like I don't know. They're, this, they're going for realistic. So, right. I don't know. Like, there's there's the 
particular picture of Kenny Omega that I just really dislike. But that's the one from like the reveal, like the from like yes, where it looks like his pecs are like two like plates. Yeah, that's like Like, really early footage. So that was from yes. When they announced, I hope it's it's included in proof. But yeah, I just I'm I'm not being optimistic. I think the thing is, this game has the potential to come out and be okay and get good over time because they already said they don't plan on putting out one of these every year so the plan is to get this out the door and then like just add wrestlers and updates and patches and modes and stuff going forward so it's like just get the bare bones basics of this game right and then you can work on it from there you know you can work on the roster you can work on the um especially because that i can guarantee some of the modes that they've promised for it when they revealed it there's they're going to have to cut like some of that, I reckon, to get this out the door. Especially if they're trying to get it out before a certain date for like business reasons and, and stuff, potentially like that. But it's like, well, you can just add it later. Like if you, if you want this to be a, like a service game where you just want to build DLC for it and whatever, which I do think is a, a better idea, especially for a wrestling game. I feel like there's no reason a wrestling game needs to come out every year. Just, you can, you can just patch the wrestlers like for the, like if someone turns heel or whatever. Why do you, you don't need, you know, you can just update, you can do a, a, an update pack, you can add people, you can charge people for DLC, you can charge people for a, a big expansion that adds a, a new mode or something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's fine and people pay for it and I think that's justifiable, it's not like uh, loot boxes or, you know, something crazy. Anyway, yeah, so follow, we'll find out more going forward, I'm sure now that the, like, the ball's officially rolling on sort of not just talking about it but actually showing stuff, but. Uh, a new Mafia game is reportedly in development under new studio leadership, writes PC Gamer. 2K Games confirmed today that Hayden Blackman, the longtime president and chief creative officer of Mafia Studio Hangout 13, is leaving the company. Word of Blackman's departure comes alongside a Kotaku report saying that a new Mafia game is now in the early stages of development. Quote, it is with mixed emotions that share with you several leadership updates from Hangout 13. Uh, Hayden Blackman is stepping down as studio head of Hangout 13 is leaving the company to pursue his passion as a, at a new endeavor. We're grateful for Hayden's leadership in establishing Hangar 13, building and uniting teams in Nevada, Brighton, and Schick, Schick, uh, and releasing multiple studio-defining Mafia games and collections. What Hayden helped build will continue to carry forward and grow for years to come. Um, where are we going? We are confident studios great hands uh, under this new person, Nick Hayden, is taking over there. So it's been a rough half a decade for Hangar 13, writes PC Gamer. After launching the decidedly not great Mafia 3 in 2016, the studio underwent significant layoffs in 2018 and had a multiplayer superhero game cancelled after spending $53 million and multiple iterations over years of development. While the Kotaku report cites only one source familiar with the plans, a return to Mafia makes sense. Mafia 3 didn't impress, but there was a real enthusiasm for Mafia Definitive Edition released in 2020, which is a very positive ranking uh, across more than 35,000 reviews on Steam. Uh, yeah, so I'm keen for this, for sure. I never played the Definitive Edition just for a time, although I always liked I know we talked about it here and was like, I would like to if I had the time, especially because I never played the first game and would always like to have gone back and actually played the first game. But I really like two. I actually really like three. I completely understand all the complaints about it being like rather repetitive and all that. But I really like those world. I like the characters, you know, the music, all that sort of stuff. So um, the rumor is that it's going to be a prequel, like set before even the first one. So that means it's going all the way back to like 1920s or something Let's like do that. It. Yeah. Let's go. Perfect. Yeah. So I'm very keen. Perfect. You came for that, if that's the go, Karen? Uh, very much so. I think, you know, it's not in the Mafia series, but Godfather 2, the video game, was, like, my favorite 
of this style of video games, and I think there's a lot of potential from, from them still. Um, I think they took an interesting route during Mafia 3. It didn't pay off for everybody. Not everybody loved that game. Um, so it'd be really nice to, to kind of go back to basics, maybe go to New York, maybe um, just, just you know, classic style, I guess, almost stereotypical Mafia style businesses and, and enjoy the game and just um, have some fun with it. I think, you know, a lot of games have maybe a little bit like they try and be a little bit too serious in their stories or they try and be too realistic or they try and be uh, too deep and meaningful in their storytelling where it's just like we just want a good mafia game like a good mafia story and i think that that's something that could be delivered by them at hangar 13 Mm. hopefully because yeah they just i hate when you see like saying they wasted all that money, something that didn't happen, you know, they haven't done anything since 2016. It's like, man, sucks. So hopefully you can, <laughs> you can uh, get something <laughs> out the door or something. Uh, PC Gamer writes, District 9 director Neil Blomkamp, uh, the brains behind Chappie, Elysium, Elysium, however you say it, and the great District 9 has been working on something with developer Godzilla Games. The project has a name and debut trailer. It's called Off the Grid and builds itself as a next-generation battle royale with strong focus on narrative progression. The game is a third-person, uh, is third-person, and Blomkamp's role is as a chief visionary officer and co-writer alongside Richard K. Morgan, who is the writer on stuff as Alter Carbon and Crisis. The basic setup is that up to 150 players fight across the same map in both PvP and PvE storyline missions, with that map changing in real time as certain things happen. Quote, players have the freedom to control how the, how the hard-boiled story unfolds, with each decision made directly impacting everyone's gameplay. Uh, Since the press release, uh, the proof will be in the pudding with that one. Players can also craft, customize, and trade uh, items in the game. The trailer they release or the teaser is uh, nothing. It's just like a dude walking up to a, looking at a city or you know something that's not entirely eventful um there's i'm of two minds of this where i'm like this sounds just like too much and we already talked about how there's way too many battle royales and like why would you get into battle royales at this point and 150 players sounds like too many uh but at the same time the idea of battle royale that's pvp pve with a story directly ingrained into every like moving moment of the game is intriguing enough that i at least want to know more you know, that's why I'm like, eh, tell me more. Tell me a bit more. I, I'm keen. Sit me down. Tell me. What do you reckon, Ash? Yeah, I'm of the same mind. Like, obviously, we've seen uh, so many different iterations of the Battle Royale, but we haven't seen, like, a narrative-focused Battle Royale yet. Um, and if they can pull it off and make it interesting, that's, like, a pretty solid way to get people to invest time to go back in and again. Uh, but yeah, 150 people per match. I think that's well, you're asking for some trouble with big, that many players. Big ass, <laughs> big ass map. It's like big ass map, and then you know matchmaking. It's like uh, better be crossplay. <laughs> Still, but then you you've got to wait till the 150 people are ready to play. Unless they fill with bots, if they're saying it's PvE, PvP. Maybe they just make more PvE on them. Maybe. It's like there's a hundred. There's only 10 players, there's 148 AI. <laughs> At that stage, it's just a cult game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
fucking fighting together again for it. Just unaware. You don't know who's human, who's not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if they don't tell you, you'll never know. It's all trick. Yeah. There's only one plane again. Yeah. Voice chat, the, the, they won't break illusion. So voice chat is disabled. Fair. So you can't tell. Proximity who's chat who. only, but you never come across anyone. So you just assume that you never actually, <laughs> no one ever has their mics on. So. <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought this this uh, this article was about you know District Nine video game, but uh, that's why I okay. agreed to talk about it. Can't get, uh, can't get any lucky. That's fine. I completely Damn, forgot. Didn't even read the article. Before. <laughs> we talk, and I talked about this because they actually sent me when he announced he was doing. Yeah, a game. I remember talking about this yeah. when they first announced Neil Bombcamp. Yeah, because it was like a whole press release. Because they sent it to me, they're like, "Oh, can we send you some news under embargo or whatever?" At the time, I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, and it was it turned out to be that, and I was like, "That's fucking weird," but whatever. Um. All right. Uh, heads up for anyone. Good who- luck to him. Hopefully, he makes a good video game because he hasn't made a good movie in a while. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What was his last movie? Chappy. Was it? No. No. There's something after that, wasn't it? Uh, you fucking double check that shit. I swear he did something after Chappy. Have I watched it? I don't remember. Or he was working. Demonic. On yeah, that's it. Demonic. It's not out yet. Right? No, it came out last... Well, it came out last year to generally negative reviews from critics. Okay, so I haven't watched it. <laughs> There's probably a reason why you haven't watched it. And though. I forgot. I, I, thought, I, did, I thought it hadn't even come out, so that says a lot. <laughs> I've been watching the trailer. 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll watch it. I remember. I do remember talking about it. Yeah, I do remember talking about the trailer or the whatever and what do you want to watch. I, I want to watch it still. Um, but I, I hadn't even realized it came out, so yeah, it says a lot. Um, for people who play Fortnite on the phones, the iPhones, and you were disappointed the game got pulled, good news, heads up. So children. Children, I don't know. I mean, adults, I don't know. Uh, Fortnite is back on iOS devices. of Tomato Town. Sort of. Right, it's PC Gamer. We have Microsoft to thank. Epic and Xbox have announced that Fortnite is now playable for free through Xbox Cloud Gaming. This means Fortnite can be played again on iOS devices like iPhones and iPads, despite being removed from the Apple Store, Apple App Store during the legal battle between Epic and Apple. All you need to stream Fortnite is a Microsoft account and a and a computer, iOS, or Android device with an internet connection. As of today, it doesn't require Xbox Game Pass subscription. On iOS, you just have to open xbox.com slash play, and you'll be prompted to add the cloud gaming bookmark to your home screen. Then you're good to go. Streaming Fortnite through a browser is something you could have done for a few months with, G, uh, with a GeForce Now membership, but it makes it a lot easier to test free Xbox cloud gaming, blah, 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 blah. So it's pretty cool. Um, nice fuck you Xbox got on um, <laughs> on <laughs> Apple there to get that on there but yeah I mean that, that is cool like it's free as well like you don't need to pay a subscription for like no. apparently so I mean you can play Fortnite for free it's good get for Xbox the, their cloud streaming service it's like hey yeah. do you want to play Fortnite on your phone he can do it yeah and it would get off people to check out other like cloud streaming stuff potentially and Xbox stuff so yeah shame cool. it just won't work in Australia I mean, it will on your, if you have 5G, more likely to work on. I, I, I had no problems. Or on, around your house with Wi Fi, I guess. Yeah, I, I, so on Wi Fi, I've had like mixed results depending. Uh, 5G connection, no, no, no issues. But obviously, I don't know if you have, do you have 5G at all? Uh, yeah. I have 5G where I work. Yeah. I don't have 5G where I live. That's, yeah, okay. You've got it, Ash? Where, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Around, yeah. So, around. You know, the kids, Use up their phone data in like a day playing Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it would use the same amount. Doesn't matter the speed. Well, you know, they're Down too busy like- dropping in Tomato Town, you know? 
Man, I'm, I was thinking about playing Fortnite because we got the, the Star Wars stuff at the moment. So I was thinking about. Oh, is there another live concert? No, there's fucking. They just got a bunch of Star one Wars of your, stuff. One in. of your fangdangle musicians. Because because I've been thinking about jumping in. Because we haven't. I haven't tried it since they did the no build mode. So I've I've been like tempted yeah. to jump in. And now they got the Star Wars let's, stuff. Let's jump in. We'll drop somewhere. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about nearly streaming it, but now <laughs> that I've said that, I don't know if it'll happen. I'll we drop in. We drop in, boys. We drop in after this. Mate, is that what you're saying? Calm down. Calm down. It's fucking one step at a time. Gotta finish Calm this, down, gotta finish it's this, like this, Among Us all over. Gotta finish this fucking podcast and see what time it is. But, um, what was that to? Uh, Prince of Persia, right. Uh, development up becoming Prince of Persia Sands of Time remake has been moved to Ubisoft Montreal. And a party shared on the official Prince of Persia Twitter account, it was announced that Ubisoft Mumbai would be handing off the development uh, to Ubisoft in Montreal, the same place which original game was developed. Uh, the tweets, tweets, picture things as this decision is an important step and the team building upon the work achieved by Ubisoft Pune and Ubisoft Mumbai will now take the time that they need to regroup on the scope of the game to deliver you the best experience for this remake of an all-time classic when it's ready. Um, so this game is just basically, I, I, I feel like the development hell is maybe a bit far, but it's definitely in a, a bunch of trouble because it was originally supposed to come out February or something. I wrote it here somewhere in the article. Uh, January 21st, 2021 is the original reveal date that we had when this was coming out. They then delayed it to late that year. They then delayed it to this, this time and now they've delayed it to fucking shrug emoji. Like, yep. and they've taken it off one team and given it to a number, uh, another. So, I mean, there's nothing good here. There's nothing good happening here. So anyone who's a big <laughs> uh, Prince of Persia, I mean, the only or- good thing that's happening is we won't get that janky-looking version of Prince of Persia yeah, I mean, released. It was bad looking. Even I was like, oof. So, oof, it, it looks like they haven't done it. It looks like this game from PS2. <laughs> yeah, they're like, is this a remake or the? Is, or just is this just the footage or? <laughs> well, this this, this is what you're remaking. <laughs> like, this is the you're just showing us so we know what it looked like, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's. It also just, feel, I also feel bad, like, I don't know, like, what happened with that team that was w- working on it, that new team, because that's what it was, like, I think they hadn't done anything before, um, and I don't want to be like, oh, well, it's f- a new studio, so this yeah. is, like, their first Yeah, but I don't, to- don't want to be like, oh, they fuck up, they're terrible, because as far as we know, like, Ubisoft didn't give them the proper support as a new team, you know, like, it's hard to say, like, what exactly went wrong. I mean, they haven't had a lot of success with these, like, satellite studios in, like, new territories. No, that's true. But what the answer is, like, but the question is, then why? Why not? What are they doing wrong as a company to not have success with these places? Like, it- I assume, like, just <laughs> ballpark guessing, it's a lot of new graduates rather than a lot of experienced. Yeah. So I think we've just—I dis- don't know if we discussed. We've discussed this on the topic before. This is where I'm, I'm always like, okay, they, this is where you do need to send someone. Like, you need to if you're starting up these people with a bunch of new graduates and stuff, you you need to. As far as I, I you don't need see somebody much- like in an office no. around them, not like. <laughs> Well, maybe that. Maybe COVID doesn't help. But I was just thinking that's where you, you send at least, you send one person some uh, to be like a leader. I think, you know. I think you need more than one person. No, but at least. If it's a small team of 10 people, I don't know if you need more than one. I don't think 10 people are making a video game at this stage. No, but you know what I mean. It's, it's, I'm just saying like one to 10. Wasn't, no, no, no. Wasn't Goose Game like four or five people? Goose Game was Goose game of the scale of Prince of Persia. Goose Game was like three people, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. but I'm just saying like, depending on the amount of the, the team members, I don't know how many like leaders that you would need to send mm. to sort of help out a team, but it depends on the scope of the whole thing. But yeah, I don't know. Sort of just disappointing. But, but yeah. Uh, Although, do you, do you just, yeah. you, apparently I heard, I think that the team is also working on another Prince of Persia project. No, I didn't hear It's this. meant to be a 2.5D, like side scrolling. Like, like old school Prince of Persia. Dumb. 
Yeah, done by like the Rayman Legends team. I mean, I'm down for that more than this. To be oh, really? That's that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'd be way more I'm, interested in that. That's than a, the remake. Yes, mm. you know what I wish? Like the best Prince of Persia was the Nolan North Prince of Persia. Is it Nolan North or Troy Baker? I think it was Nolan. No, it was Nolan because it's it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Prince of Persia. The Jake Gyllenhaal one is that the one you mean? No, like the one that no. was based on the this game. This was the no, 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 no. It was oh, before the, the that. Prince of Persia. That yeah, was it was just called Prince of Persia. Before that, that was like it was just Prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. And it was like the random one where you had like the very cartoon, female companion, very cartoon, and bright it was open world, yeah. and yeah, cartoony yeah. style. Um, like, dude was uh, like that. That game was great. That game was awesome. Um, I never played it, but I know. I, I think ending, I know which one you mean. But. Didn't they release yeah, DLC cool. after the fact that was actually the ending? Yes. They released DLC to rewrite the ending. Yeah, and I think it was free. Yes, yes. correct. It did Mass Effect 3 before <laughs> Mass Effect 3 could do it. It did, actually, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Vox put up this thing this week. Uh, the closest thing to a Nintendo store in Australia has cl- uh, in Australia has closed as of last weekend. The Nintendo experience upstairs within EB Games, Swanson Street in Victoria has all the stock removed. Lights off, and the area is now roped off. Areas were used for Nintendo events, midnight launches, celebrity signings, tournaments, a museum, and a retail spot. First opened on Saturday, December 6th, all the way back in 2008. The upper level was filled with classic Nintendo consoles and displays, space to play games with friends, try new games. Uh, there's been countless midnight launches there, etc., etc., etc. They've got a whole cool uh, photo album here for, that they've got a bunch of people send into the website and stuff. Um, yeah, this is sad. I mean, I always went there every time I was in Melbourne. I don't know if anyone else have you been there or no? You've never been there. I've been to I've been to that EB game. You never I've went been upstairs. To EB Nintendo. games. You've never gone upstairs to that one to the Nintendo nope. side. Never gone upstairs. Nope. Man, what are you doing with your life? Come on. Man. Anyway, they had like a giant Seems Link weird. statue in there and everything at different times. They had like a whole they. Yeah. yeah. It seems weird that they would close it unless they're refitting the upstairs for something else. Potentially, yeah. I mean, it's just weird because it was Which like- Which would be like a built-in Zing store probably. Yeah, another fucking Zing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's probably what it is yeah. because- <laughs> That's just sad. You're not, gonna, you're not paying for like two stories of a rented no. building and not utilizing Well, I, mean, I presume all, Nintendo yeah. was paying for the upstairs part, like is the thing. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. It was like sponsorship thing and like they're like, nah, we're good. Because you went upstairs- Was there an elevator? There may have been. I have no That's, idea. I have no idea. I can't. Remember. I'd hope so. Otherwise, they, you know, they get sued. Yeah. They, I mean, maybe there was. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Like, maybe that's why. It was also. Like, there was no, there was no from memory, because it's been a while, obviously, I've been in Melbourne for 10 years, but um, there was a, there was like nothing you could buy upstairs. Like, there was no, it wasn't like a shop. It was just a, it was just a, it was like a, an area. They had like consoles you could play, um, seats, um, like, you know, displays and stuff like that, but. It was just like a Nintendo area. Um, it's cool, but... Uh, sucks. Sucks. Didn't get to say it one more time. They should have told me. Summer Game Fest. PAX takes another victim. PAX COVID. takes another victim. Yeah. Uh, Summer Game Fest Live, writes VG247. Uh, Summer Game Fest Live, featuring Day of the Debs, returns Thursday, June 9th, and will be live streamed from Los Angeles at 1am PT, 2pm ET, 7pm UK, I've not done the maths. I'm sorry, everyone. But uh, say June 10th. Early. Something early. Yep. 
As usual, you'll be able to tune in via all major streaming platforms, including YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and more. The stream will also be available on co-streams from creators. You can also head to your local IMAX theater in the US, Canada, and UK to watch it live. That's right. A fucking IMAX. Uh, if you'd rather attend the yeah. live show, tickets will go on sale May 12th at 9am. PT. Uh, so in Australia, it's uh, 4 a.m. on a Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, on the Australian Eastern Standard Time. So shout out to Kevin Brubruge over at uh, Press Start, you know, who is very good at maths. Thank you. He is. He does. He breaks all the codes. Um, this is cool. I'm looking forward to this one because it's going to be the first, um, like, the fact it's a live event. So obviously, Summer Game Fest started during the COVID times, as Jeff Keighley's like, I'm fucking bored. Um, let me do something. Uh, and then obviously, uh, wasn't it, uh, he got dropped by E3 and he's like, fuck E3. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> what it was. Or he quit E3, I think was whatever, but, um, yeah. he did the game awards obviously with an audience, but as far as this goes as a show, he's never done this as a show with an audience. So the fact that he's continuing to do it and now he's adding it as a audience thing where you can attend, um, I think it's cool. Is it an audience thing? Yep. Yeah, he said live tickets to go to it. Yep. It's oh, I thought it was like okay. only cinemas. He's yeah. doing it live okay. as well with uh, audience in attendance. So I think that's cool. I think that adds like a, a precedent to it that he's, you know, it's a it's an event. Like it, let's treat it like an event. Well, he's just yeah. It's it's gonna be like video games awards two point but we're just without the awards. Yeah. 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 So what do you actually like? Wants? That's that's yeah. all it'll be. Like it's awards. It'll be just video game announcements. Have any of these pesky people making speeches in the middle of all these game announcements? Hey, I bet he'll get thinking me to still say "fuck the Oscars" in the middle of it, his mate. Fuck and, the uh, Oscars, and he'll still, you know, he'll still have a billion ads, and the Gillette Man will be there. And if you come out and go, you know? guess what? I'm making. It takes two, two. It takes two, two. There'll be Tango. there'll be somebody in or the. It back takes doing three, interviews. maybe. I don't know. Doing interviews on a non-stabilized micro uh, mobile phone camera. All I know yeah, all is I'm happy shit. that June has some. It's confirmed. June was always going to have stuff. Was always going to have stuff. We can yeah. start sleeping now, so we have enough energy. Yeah, to I, wake I'm up. good. If E3 is not happening, I just need people to fill the, the void. And um, of course, we already know Xbox is doing something. But uh, press start right here. In case you missed it, a massive Xbox and Bethesda live stream showcase is planned to go ahead on June 13th. They'll bring trailers, gameplay reveals, and hopefully plenty of surprises. Uh, while fans around the world can watch the event digitally as it happens, Xbox is all hosting select in-person events in which the same vein as it's done before in the pre-pandemic days. This year, Aussie fans can get in on the action with a special watch party happening at Melbourne's Fortress Gaming and Entertainment venue with sweepstakes on now for a chance to win entry. Hopefully, attendees will need to register or log in to an Xbox FanFest account at xbox.com slash FanFest for a chance to add a free double pass for the watch party, which is occurring at the rather fortunate hour of 2 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on June 13th. <laughs> uh, so that's cool, yeah. we got. Is it 2 a.m.? Because on the Xbox account, it says, catch the Xbox and Bethesda showcase at 3 a.m. Yeah, I think they mean the, their, the Fortress gaming event starts at 2 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah, the thing here says runs from two a.m. to seven a.m. The Xbox show is not going for that many hours. No, it'll be people come in, sit down, get your drinks, chill out a bit, coffee. Probably do some like giveaways and stuff to say, hey, thanks for coming to Fortress. All that kind of stuff. Buy a fucking drink. Hmm. 
Get your <laughs> caffeine fix here. We'll get caffeine IVs. Yeah. So you can stay awake. But well, that's cool. Yeah, nah. That's cool for people who want to go to that. That's that's cool. Yeah, no, I'll just stay in the comfort of my bed. Yeah, me too. To three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I'll leery eyed. I'll probably get out of bed to be honest, but I'll stay in the comfort of my uh, get my phone room. Get Twitter out. Get ready for the hot tweaks. Yeah, I was about to say that's why you just roll. Like, like, how do you watch those? So if you're in bed watching these these things on your phone, do you have your laptop? Is that where you're watching and you tweet at the same time, or like what's the? How, how, no, I've got, I've got like a TV. So you watch on your TV. Yeah, and then on your phone you do the on hot his, take tweet. On phone. Probably is like yeah, okay. his HRT screen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, trailer looks like trash in seven twenty p. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's talk about what we've been playing. And what we've been playing is I've been playing stuff and nothing much else. Uh, let's go. Ready? You already said you've been playing Trick to Hear Me. Drum roll, everyone. Living decks complete. I actually got in one week on you one. have even... you've you've got fu- like you've got fu- Do you have proof you got fucked up. Do you have proof? I w- I haven't posted yet because I wanted to give you the reaction live. But after this, I, I can go. Gonna drop I will, it in I the will drop a chat. video feel- on Twitter of the living. I don't decks. even feel good about this one. Like I don't even feel good about this loss. Like this loss is. We're not supposed like- to feel good about losing. That's the point. You lost, motherfucker. <laughs> like, sometimes you feel good. No, 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 no. no. This if isn't. This, this isn't under twelve. Like, fuck Dylan. Under sixes. Dylan. Football. You're supposed to learn how. Yeah, learn how tough life is. Feels. All right. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because if if you, if it had been done, I don't know. If it's taking you longer, if it had been harder slog for you, you push through. Or resilient, I would have been like, yeah. I mean, do you want to know my playtime? Do you want me no, to try to check Mr. that? No, I already had like 300 of the Pokemon. Uh, 220, like, I, I think, is what it was. It had 400. Yeah, it was like, you had like, uh, yeah. So it was like. Let me just clarify for, for people who still don't understand. This process isn't super easy. I had to complete the Pokedex first, but then I had to. I had to feel. So, like, if a, if a. There's a lot of breeding here, a lot of making Ditto have sex with another Pokemon and, and get an egg. You know, especially for, for for the start of Pokemon. Like, so I have a Cinderance, right? So, but then I need it's two other forms. So then I have to put my Cinderance in with the Ditto, get an egg, hatch the egg. I got to evolve that to the second form, hatch another egg, evolve, I hatch that, yeah. leave it as is. Oh, so now I've got so all three hard. forms. You know, there's a lot of eggs. I've hatched a lot of eggs on this journey. Mm-hmm. So, no so sh- really, you were just playing for the last week Pokemon breeding like, it's simulator. It's been two weeks. Like, it's two weeks since we originally made the bet. Like, it is, it is. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> that hard if you've done it in two weeks. Thank fuck there's been really no video games out, to be honest. I mean, I've had nothing but time. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, well, no, fuck like- it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I've had nothing to do other than not play the biggest video game of the year. I'm playing the biggest video game of the year. It's called Pokemon Sword. What are you talking about? Also, shout out to, I don't want to name names, because Kim might try and kill them, but I had two people reach out to me, and they're like, if you need help, just let me know. Um, I didn't need their help, but I just want I just want you to know, Kieran, that people were willing to make sure I beat you. Um, I don't want to name names, but one person, uh, and they know who they are, and I want them to know. It made me laugh. I was reading their message while walking through town, but their message said, uh, and we don't need to tell Kieran until PAX time if you want. So I appreciate that. That's very good. Thank you very much. You know who you are. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I could, I've got suspects. I would know who it would be. I it's too. fine. It's uh, it's fine, you know. I got jibbed on this one, boys. Uh, Hustled. On Look for the bottom of my bayonetta shirt at PAX. Yeah, because the good thing is you're not gonna have fucking bayonetta to play it back. So <laughs> get fucked, Dylan. I, I will have done. the last laugh on that one. 
I think it's you know pretty, what? Actually, pretty bold of you to think they'll have Bayonetta shirts at PAX. Also, because nobody gives a fuck about Bayonetta. But also, if Bayonetta comes out this year, fucking 2022, just get, fucking scratch it through. I'm done. I'm sick of it. Just none of this shit. Man. You know, everything's coming up, Dylan, and I'm not okay with that. Yo, yo, yo buddy shit. You know, me shit. You want to make a bet with Ash? Like, you want to keep going? Or? We'll wait. <laughs> uh, no, I'm okay with doing buddy shit. Just not me. Buddy's fine. Just not Buddy's me. just a pack of TikToks. Yeah. Mine's a, mine's a most expensive piece of my chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to waste a single slice of pizza. Like, I'm going to let you, when I have my pizza, yeah, okay. I'm going to share it with you, yeah. but I'm going to give it to you wrapped in the piece of merch. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it either way because that's just going to have cheese on it. you damn straight it will. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be double yes. cheese. I ain't touching that shit. <laughs> triple cheese. You know what? That's it. If I, when I win, I'm going to get the cheesiest motherfucking pizza. You're going to spend so much money on cheese that it's just, it's just, you know, the, just a, the just cheese a, on the top of the Even paying for it cake. will slightly trigger your lactose intolerance. Exactly. exactly. Also, I want people to know I've now spent 10 hours in Pokemon Home, um, and that's just organizing. 10 hours. So that's how that that's going. Um, I've, I've, I've mm. got, like, a, a Living Dex, like, cool. started in that. Um, obviously I'm not going to complete that because there's no way for me to complete that because I don't have like a way to like get every Pokemon in, into that, but it's a journey. We're officially now on the journey. I've got, you know, the boxes all set up. The what, Why can't you get all of them? Because the only way to get all of them currently is if you have like X and Y and stuff like that on the 3DS and then you can transfer. Can you just keep trading? No, nah, cause like, like I, I mean, potentially. But there's like there's just so many Pokemon. There's like games worth of Pokemon, like X and Y and Black and White and all that sort of stuff. I just can't like. There's no access to a lot of those Pokemon on Switch games currently. But that's fine. I'm not in a rush. It's fine. It's it's just a project. I'm just saying. It's just taking a lot of time to like set up there. And I I, I to, to make matters worse, I also because <laughs> it's become like my weekly update. What the fuck weird shit Don's doing in Pokemon at the moment? So once I set up like the living decks, Poke boxes, um. Mm. Like number them all, like dragon Pokemon from Sword and Shield, uh, some Sword. Let's go, uh, Pokemon Go. Like transferred in, so I had like one of every spares I could like put in there, put them in the right order. You know, number one through the eight hundred eight or whatever the fuck it is. Um, they done all that, and I was like, what else is there? So then I was like, oh, there's like Pokemon that have like different forms. You know, like where, so I want one in the living decks, but then maybe I want multiples. Like for example, like the number one best example of this is unknown. So unknown counts as one Pokedex mm. entry, right? But there's a whole alpha. There's there. like 25 versions. Yeah. So then I'm like, I make another box, name it unknowns, see what multiple unknowns I can get. So I set up that page. Um, and then there's a few of Pokemon like, um, uh, what are they called? Bun- Bernies, whatever. The trash bag fucking Pokemon that drops out of trees. Um, there's like a different colored version of those. So I've started that. That's a box now, like forms. And I was like, what else is there? Like random collections I could start. What if you try to get a shiny living decks? Well, Ideally, that would be the dream. However, that is fucking like, I mean, look, years, That's a chance, years really. 2022. If I can complete that, if I'm with Silicon Arcade Couch in 10 years from now, um, check back with me in, in, in the year 2032. Yeah. And I'll, I'll see how I'm going. Put that, put that reminder in your phone. Has Dylan completed his shiny decks 10, year, 10 years from now? We'll see how we're going. Well, I mean, that would be the idea. That, that'd be the, the best. The other thing I then added, I was like, whoa, Pokemon that have, slight changes in their gender like the 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 gender differences so i I started that that's a box now 
So like, for example, Pikachu, uh, the male one has like your normal Pikachu tail that you see in the, the anime, like Ash's Pikachu. The female one has like a heart-shaped tail, like end on it, like stuff like that. So that's now box. I've just got a little bit overboard. I have no idea why. I'm fucking losing my mind over here. Um, and then the other Pokemon thing I want to talk about real quickly is Pokemon Go. I just want to shout out that they've updated something in the game that's complete trash before and they've actually made it kind of cool now, which is that they had the Mega Evolutions in the game for like a year or something like that. I never used them because you had to have, like the only way to Mega Evolve your Pokemon was you had to do the Mega Raids, which were really hard and you couldn't like solo them or do them with two people. You had to have like maybe a handful of people. And I couldn't be fucked doing them half the time. And then you got the Mega Candy or Energy actually, so Mega Energy. And you needed like 200 to mega evolve a Pokemon. It would only then say mega evolved for like eight hours. And then after that, you would have to get like another 200 energy to mega evolve them. However, while they're mega evolved, obviously they're a lot better at battling because they have more XP and they hit harder. But then you also got bonuses on like uh, more like candy when you catch Pokemon while you have a Pokemon mega evolved and all this sort of shit. Anyway, they changed it all now. So it actually makes sense and it's good. And um, I, I really like it. And now I've been trying to mega evolve more. And that's, so once you get 200 energy to mega evolve a Pokemon, you mega evolve it once. And then they now have levels and recharge times. So at level one, if you just mega evolve a Pokemon once, it'll then take seven days. I think it is, or five days, one of those five or seven days. And then you can mega evolve it again for free. So every like week you can mega evolve this. You only have to pay the cost once. You can use more mega energy to cheapen the cost and mega evolve it earlier. Um, the more you mega evolve a Pokemon, it'll level up at higher levels. It means you, I think you can get it down to, you can mega evolve a po- uh, it in 72 hours. So I just want to say that Pokemon Go, although, um, you know, I'm not like a hardcore player, like I play it, but am I over here? I do think this is something I literally had never mega evolved a Pokemon until they made this update. And then I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool now and helpful and stuff. So I did that. Um, and cause you can just mega evolve Pokemon for free once you've done it once. You can always sort of have Pokemon mega evolve. Cool shit. And I'm seeing a lot more people in raids I've been doing lately have mega evolved Pokemon, so that's cool. And then since I just made this Pokemon what I've been playing segment, I tagged on a news story here. I just want to point out my slight disappointment in this, but I'm still going to watch it. So all the way back in February, they announced that we was getting this Pokemon anime based in the Hisuian, Hisuian, how the fuck you say it, region, the Pokemon um, Legends Arceus. Um, region that we're getting this anime it's a three episode thing that's coming to youtube and the pokemon tv app not to say that it'll be bad it is being done by wit studio who have done pokemon the movie the power of us and the recently released um bubble movie that's on netflix so like the animation which is fantastic i want to watch it i still haven't watched it but i will watch it Bubble movie's very yeah i'm gonna watch it very good it's animation's breathtaking so i'm not saying like I don't think it'll look good. I'm just like, I was so, I think that region's so interesting that I was, I, I kind of want more, but I'm still keen for this three episodes. The story is going to focus on, it says, I wrote it here somewhere. The fuck is it? Um, it focuses, focuses on a character called Alec and he's a counter with a saying, who's sweet. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Say it, say it. But anyway, it's Zora in a world where kids are taught Pokemon and humans can't live together long before trainers. Um, so yeah, it's like a cool angle where you get to see this anime from a focus where like humans are scared you know, to interact with Pokemon and stuff like that compared to typical Pokemon anime where it's like, oh, cool thing, catch it, you know, interact with it. So um, it's a really interesting region. So I'm definitely keen to watch it. It's just, I kind of, am I going to like it so much that I'll be disappointed if not more of it? All right, let's get into the main topic for this week, which is, of course, Embracer Group Buying. 
uh, a bunch of studio and IP from Square Enix. So this includes Crystal Dynamics, the developers behind Tomb Raider, Idos Montreal, who recently did um, Avengers. Uh, $300 million is the title cost. So press release released uh, says uh, from Embracer Group says, we are thrilled to welcome these studios into Embracer Group. We recognize the fantastic IP, world-class creative talent, and track record of excellence that have been demonstrated time and time again over the past decades. It has been a great pleasure meeting the leadership teams and discussing future plans for how they can realize their ambitions. Uh, their ambitions become a great part of Embracer. Um, then uh, there's like 50, they haven't confirmed exactly everything they got. Like there's a list of, uh, Embracer mentions over 50 back catalog, catalog games, They'll continue to publish, but the big name stuff they've got definitely is like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, Faith, um, 1,100 staff in total has been part of the deal. Uh, and then in Square Enix's press release, they said, the transaction will assist the company in adapting to the changes underway in the global business environment by establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core businesses in the digital entertainment domain. In addition, the transaction enables a launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. Karen, what do you make of all this and how do you feel about it? Uh, kind of two, two parts of me. One... You know, the obvious one, blockchain's bad. Square Enix's opinions and kind of interest in the blockchain NFTs is kind of scary. Uh, it is scary for games like Final Fantasy that could include NFTs and, and kind of have that be featured within the game, including Final Fantasy XIV. Um, on the other hand, could be interesting to see some of these IPs get a second chance. You know, I am a big Soul Reaver slash Legacy of Kane fan, and I wish that um those games could get another opportunity on new generation hardware because there is some fantastic lore and storytelling behind those um i think tomb raider needs a new lease on life a little bit i think it's kind of ran its course with its last reboot and to to find a new way forward with that franchise um you know i think there's a lot of potential there that could have something done with it it's just really sad that square enix has chosen to sell these with the intended ambition to be related to blockchain and nfts in so i'm like they're trying to hide it they're literally like we had to sell this stuff to look towards the future yeah they're just being and it's so fucking weird and kind of sketchy mm. that they're being so open and willing about all this stuff it's like guys come on why we don't need to do this we, you don't need to sell this stuff you don't need to get into blockchains and, and stuff it's not it's not yeah it's um it's bad it's real bad Ash? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, well, it was very surprising. Like, you wake, yeah. and kind of the news broke, like, at a weird time, like, late Sunday here in Australia, I think. Yeah, it was a weird time. Um, so it was really weird. Uh, and just, I think the value is the thing that surprised everybody. 300 mil. $300 million, especially with those IPs. I think Lara Croft alone would probably be worth maybe half that uh, would you i would say mm. Croft is like 150 million dollar worth franchise purely based on the history of games that you potentially use the films obviously they've got a, another movie in the works somewhere uh 
in the near future and an animated series on Netflix. So, like, what's... Uh, <laughs> obviously, Square Enix was production partners on, though. Is, is Embracer Group going to be taking that over and that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And then what, kind, what are going to happen to the different studios, uh, especially the ones that have Square Enix in the name? Are they going to be Embrace Group or what part I'll of just the Embrace yeah. Group are they going to be part of? Which umbrella are they going to fall under? Well, they're just, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll just, they'll just fall under their own, I think. Yeah, it's it's just kind of weird, and like, what, why uh, Square Enix would do this for uh, an industry that, you know, it feels like it's going to a very boom or bust and is plagued by scammers. Why, why are they so gung-ho on this blockchain and NFT stuff? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I mean, rumors are abounding that they're potentially going to sell the rest of Square Enix to somebody else. So, uh, wild year, wild year. <laughs> like, didn't see it coming. No. Crazy year. Uh, for people yeah. who don't know, it's a little bit more Embracer Group. They have like a bunch of um, sort of subsidiaries. Which anybody, any other studio that isn't attached to somebody you know, they're probably part of the Embracer. Group. Yeah. So, like, I'll read off here. You're, at first, you'll be like, I don't know these people, but then finally you'll be like, oh. Uh, so, it's like, they've got Amplify Game Invest, which has a bunch of stuff. Uh, and Azomd, I don't know what that is. Coffinstein Holding, uh, which has Coffinstein Studios in it. Um, Goat Simulator and stuff. Dark Horse Media, so Dark Horse Comics um, Entertainment. DCA, DECA Games, which has Crazy Labs, of the standard. Uh, Easy Brain. They've got Gearbox Entertainment. They picked them up late last year. So that's, of course, uh, Gearbox Publishing, Gearbox Software, um, Cryptic Studios, uh, Kosh Media. Of course, their big stuff is like Deep Silver, Flying Wild Hog, uh, Vertigo Games. They've got Sabre Interactive. They have 3D Worms, Spire, um, whatever big ones are, Zen Studios, I guess. Then they've got THQ Nordic, which continues to pick up even within THQ Nordic continues just to they buy shit left right and um center of course they just pick up more and more and more um studios and like uh dead IP and bring it back to life so um if you just think that THQ Nordic has a bunch of studios within them yeah Embracer Group's the the big dog holding oh they're Thanos of all these people <laughs> they've got the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So they're putting it all together. Now they've got a bunch I think, of. I think they're more like Galactus, like any worlds. Yeah, I mean, well, no, that's um, Thanos is um, what's the fucking of one? Uh, uh, the fucking the Chinese company that's um, like got their hand in every pie. Tencent. Tencent. Yeah, Tencent's uh, <laughs> is uh, Galactus. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's super interesting. I I I actually think it's fine though. Like ultimately. I don't feel like there's any need to fret. Like, if you're a Tomb Raider fan, I don't think there's any need to fret over this, you know? I think you should be more positive than anything. Yeah. With it, honestly. Like, I think Square, it's had its time with all of these franchises. It's done what it's done with them, and I don't think it's been too spectacular. I don't think any of the franchises we've listed, you could say Square Enix made them better or, or took them to another level. I think, you know, I think this I would is a new for a lot of fresh starts. Maybe Deus Ex. Like, obviously, that first game was beloved and it's like a classic or whatever, but it kind of... Mankind Divided was mixed. Oh, no, most people liked it. I, I mean, it made it a franchise that was relevant again. Mm. It was made it a franchise. That's what happened. Yeah. 
I mean, like, Avengers is a game that I don't feel like most people care about, so. <laughs> they just had Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a pretty good Yeah, but they were, remember we t- talked about that in your story, like, a couple yeah, of like, where they said Square Enix is like, if it doesn't sell the best ever, yeah. then it's not worth it, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the potential is there for, like, some of these pro- properties that haven't seen any love, like, get new life or <laughs> new games. I mean, I can only hope. I mean, everybody wants Gex. Yeah. Everybody's like, I Gex, Gex is the one I've been, uh, I'm loving you, Gex. Man, Gex is cool. Gex was I'm cool. all that Gex. Gex. Gex had like the coolest, like you were, back in the day of the PS1 going into game stores, you'd always see the Gex. Yeah, the Gex cover. The Gex box art. Uh, cover with yeah. like him with a little tuxedo. Yeah. and Glasses. Yeah, yeah, it was good shit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Neat. He seems right for mobile games. Right? Fuck off. Like, um, give us a Gex Go. <laughs> Gex Go. You fucking piece of shit. Um, I mean, I'm down for more Soul Reaver as well. Like, um, you know, any of that sort of shit. So, like, there's, there's definitely, like, and uh, the thing is, like, I'm om- almost, when you're talking about where do these, like, companies end up, I'm almost like, we'll keep, like, Crystal, put Crystal Dynamics and IDOS together, like, somewhere, right? But then give Gex and Soul Reaver to THQ. No, yeah. don't give them to THQ. Yeah, that's cu- that's become their bread and butter, reviving these IPs as AAA releases. Yeah. So what they do is they do a remake of Gex, one, all the Gex games. Mm-hmm. And then, if that's successful, then they'll make a new one. I'm fine with like that, though. Like they've done with SpongeBob, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what they've been well, doing. And Destroy All Humans and whatever the fuck else. That's what they do. Yeah. So, I mean, if you had to put it anywhere... Where would it end up? Um, yeah, the NFT market collecting though is also quite funny. So this is <laughs> so the story. I'm just skipping ahead in this Kotaku article here a little bit. They um, who are they're like reading, um, going off reporting by the Wall Street Journal. But they write uh, the Wall Street Journal doesn't miss words in its reporting. The opening line is simply quote the NFT market is collapsing end quote citing not only that 92% fall in sales but also the extraordinary drop of active wallets by 88% since November. This is partly it seems due to the rising interest rates that are strangling. Uh, strangling the poorest but in, in turn causing the richest to be far less risk, risky in their speculation and he can't get much more speculative than betting on mass delusion of jpeg ownership <laughs> <laughs> that's a delusion that's been breaking for a lot of people of late who have discovered the promises that nfts would somehow gain value over time isn't vaguely true we recently reported on cena astavi's attempt to sell the nft of jack dorsey's first tweaked um for which he'd paid us 2.9 million dollars expecting to see bids of cough 50 uh, US million and receiving nothing higher than US three thousand six hundred dollars. He's sid- since had a bid just shy of fourteen thousand US dollars. Hilariously, as the Wall Street Journal reported last month, his reason for not parting with it is for this overpayment of US fourteen thousand dollars is because quote because I think the value of this NFT is far greater than you can imagine, and whoever wants to buy it must be worthy. Man, these are some fucking weird motherfuckers. By worthy, he means rich. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Man, if you're paying well, two point by worthy, he means gullible. If you're paying two point nine million dollars for a JPEG, get the fuck out of here! Like for a JPEG well, of no, a tweet that we've all they're available. not fungible mm. until your Instagram account gets hacked. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're fungible and gone, and you can't get them. Um. Yeah. Also, I, I like how. Kotaku links to tweet and it's like here so you can have your own copy um <laughs> just <laughs> screenshot that shit um i tell you what i've just yeah 
on the NFT and the web 3.0 and all this sort of like I I started listening to um the Reggie Fees and the um audiobook, right? Um and knowing that at some stage that this this amazing story turns to him like because when he was tweeting about fucking what was he tweeting about? It was the blockchain or He wants to sell his animal pot crossing. Yeah, and all that sort of shit. I was like, Reggie. Reggie, no. Well, you were the chosen one. <laughs> Let somebody else have it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, just- it's fine. <laughs> Fix that Doesn't shit. need to be on the blockchain though. No, yeah, don't need that shit on the fucking blockchain. Fucking ridiculous. Um Yeah. Great. Shout out to that book though. I'm enjoying it so far. About like a quarter way in. It's good. Um quite interesting. Lots of uh business advice, I guess, and uh just general life advice you can draw from that. Not just, oh, I fucking Nintendo, da 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 sort of thing. So quite interesting if you mm. want to know more about him. He's uh that book just came out. I think it was last week, right? It just dropped last week. I think. Maybe. Anyway, it's on audiobook. Yeah. Uh Audible. He reads it himself. So you can hear the big man himself. Read ya. That'll do it. This week's episode of Arcade Couch. Let us know any comments, questions, concerns you've had about the show or the things we've discussed or will be discussing next week or things you want us to discuss. Either tweet at us, join our Discord. ExplosionNetwork.com slash Twitter takes you to our Twitterers. ExplosionNetwork.com slash Discord takes you to our Discord where you can join and talk. And if you liked this episode and thought it was worth a dollar, head on over to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support to uh, drop a dollar to help keep the show going, keep the lights on at the website, help keep the reviews, news, and all these sorts of things coming in. That'd be much appreciated. Uh, and check out Arco Couch Between the Cushions, which uh, is dropping um, later today, if you listen to this earlier, and if not, it's, it's the now. show that other people make you pay for. The show other people make you pay for. That's right. Number one tagline. Uh, same until next week. Same time. Same couch. Goodbye.